Hunting is not easy. It never has been. It takes dedication, motivation, a lot of patience, and quality gear. If you manage a food plot, put up stands, or need just one more game camera, we can help at MidwayUSA.com. We opened our doors in 1977 and continue to put customers first by offering super fast, same day shipping. For just about everything for the outdoors, go to MidwayUSA.com. When it comes to hunting boots, how many pairs does one man need? Well, how many seasons are there? Turkey season? Deer season? Duck season? Dove season? Honey, how many pairs of boots does one man need? At least one more pair. For just about everything for hunting, go to MidwayUSA.com. I'm Larry Potterfield with Midway USA. Thanks for your business. Hey, I just got back from lunch. Did you finish that report yet? Uh, well, not exactly. I'm still working on it. I'm not finished just yet. Uh, I got a little sidetracked, but I will get them to you first thing this afternoon. <laughs> it is first thing this afternoon. Well, yeah, I, I understand that, but I mean, I, I am working on it. But I'll have, I'll... what do you mean that the report isn't finished yet? I'm, I'm still in the process of working on it. I've just been a little distracted. Just distracted? Our meeting starts in an hour. Have it. You, you no no. What were you doing? Were you listening to another hunting podcast again? I swear, I give the staff in this office the freedom to do whatever they want to do as long as they meet a deadline. That is the first bullet underneath your job description. Pays attention to detail and deadline and Dude, are you even listening to me right now? Welcome to episode 82 of the Whitetail Distraction Podcast. My name's Austin, and joining me via Zoom, Charles Heldon. How you doing, buddy? Doing great, man. We just recorded another great episode, huh? Yeah, man. I'm, I'm, I'm excited about that one. Heck yeah, dude. And now we are sitting just a few days out from the opener for youth season in PA. I just got back from Oklahoma. There was snow on the ground two days this week. Um, what else happened? It got it just got brutally cold. I mean, I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> like, are you kidding me? I thought today when I woke up this morning it was Groundhog Day. When I woke up and there was snow on the ground again. Literally, man, I can't even believe it. You know, we're the other day we were talking on Marco Polo with a couple of guys for the Yak and for Bass Group, and you know, Walt put out the podcast and he's talking about how us PA boys, you know, we get weird weather in May. You know, yeah. it, it could it could snow in the middle of our bass fishing tournament. Well, guess what, man? The very next day, I think he cursed us because it was like 72, 74 degrees, and you wake up the next morning with two inches of snow on the ground. So he's killing me, man. That was pretty wild. It, it snows in the morning. You wake up, there's snow. It pretty much snowed all day. And then by the afternoon, it's all melted and completely gone. And then woke up today, and I looked outside, and I literally thought it was kind of long day. I'm like, didn't we just have this all yesterday, and it was all gone? <laughs> literally. Yeah, another inch in the ground, and then by 10 o'clock, it's all gone. <laughs> Unreal, man. Unreal. It's crazy. I've been seeing videos from people like uh, in the wet or Midwest, I guess, where their season's already open, and there's literally birds on the limb with snow everywhere. Like, yeah. I, that, that stuff's pretty cool to me. I love but that. I love sense, it. I'll take 65. Yeah. Know? Yeah. I'm with you. I'm, I, I got the taste of uh, a little bit of warmer weather and I was, I was digging it. Yeah. 
Yeah, we're going to we're going to have some episodes coming from that Oklahoma trip. I got to update you on that. I haven't even really told you much about it. I know. I've been like living through like Instagram posts. It's killing me. Pretty much. And I I definitely didn't do my part either on the uh on the white delta distraction side. It was just like so hectic when we were out there that I was having such a good time, man. I wasn't even barely on my phone. I don't blame you, buddy. That's all good. It's all good. But we'll get those and we'll get some episodes with some of the guys and get them on and talk about it because it was just, it was so much fun. <laughs> Video should be dropping soon as well on that. Um, so, yeah, man. Something or two. I love it. I love it. So, speaking hey. of Turkey, who do we have on for this episode? We have my good buddy Kyle Allen back on with ANF Custom Calls. Uh, you know, one of the sponsors of the show as well. And lucky enough, uh, he just sent over a shipment that came in today. So, We'll be able to blow on some calls for the opener next week. Yeah, man. And you can always use our promo code WDP to get free shipping on those calls. Yes, sir. Yes, you can. But let's get Kyle on. All right, guys. We are back with another episode here. Of course, we got to keep the turkey content rolling. We got our boy Kyle Allen in here with us, the Tennessee Turkey Slayer, the PA Turkey Slayer, Ohio Turkey Slayer, West Virginia Turkey Slayer. My dude, the originator of ANF Custom Calls. What's going on, cowboy? How are you tonight, buddy? I'm doing pretty well. How about yourself, Chuck? I'm doing good, man. I'm feeling good. We just won a baseball game, coming right off of that, and uh, we're going to talk about killing turkey tonight. So it can't get any better than that, does it, bud? I should have had two in Tennessee, but uh, I got a little excited. I think I I pulled my shot to the right on the first one. So you got one of them crooked barrels, huh? <laughs> Either that or my sights aren't lined up. One of the two. I'll blame the gun. Yeah. <laughs> hey, are you shooting a like a red dot or something on yours? I always meant to ask. Uh, I had a red dot on, and I missed three turkeys one year and took it off. Or actually, I didn't take it off. I borrowed my buddy's 10-gauge and killed one, so I got rid of the, the red dot. And I just used the uh, – they're like those rifle, those slug sights because it's gotcha. like the NWTF edition 1187 or whatever. Nice. Those true glow sights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Always, I've always been a nice traditional bead guy. You know, single bead. I hate those sights I have on it, but it doesn't yeah. have a red. I'm stuck with those sights. You ever find that they're just like too big? They take up too much of the target, especially on them longer shots. Or what do you think? It's too much room for air, I think. And when it's through the brush, they get ripped off. I've replaced them twice. <laughs> no way. <laughs> so I can't get rid. I bought it brand new. Yeah. So you were just getting back from Tennessee, huh? The old cheating going down early season, getting ahead of the schedule on us, aren't you? Man, you, I'll tell you what, we've been living vicarious through you here the last week. That's for sure. <laughs> I, last year was the first year I went down. My friend Colton, who um, helps me sell my calls, he invited me down last year. And um, it turned out it was just us two that went due to COVID when sort of backed out. But him and I still really wanted to go. We went down, and in three days, we killed four turkeys, and not a single one of them gobbled. We we just saw turkeys and set up on them in the woods, and you could hear them spitting and drumming coming in. They they wouldn't gobble. And then uh, this year, my dad and I went to check out some new territory down there, and we were the only ones hunting the public land that we found, and there was birds everywhere. It was it was a good time. That's awesome, man. Yeah, that's great. I've always heard Tennessee is like turkey heaven. I got to do it one of these years. Just got to do it. Got to pull the trigger and go. It's a long drive, but I mean, for, for what it is down there, you can kill three. This year, you could kill three. Last year, you could kill four. But I, I think due to the amount of 
popularity, public land hunting is is garnished with a lot of the YouTube videos. I think they had to cut back because people from the north obviously want to get a head start. Yeah, right. That's the closest southern state that has a good turkey population. So yeah, they're they're very centralized in the fact that some of the southern guys that are typically hunting some pretty stingy, uh, quiet birds. They like the fact that they can go up to Tennessee and typically get on some birds that like to talk. They like to work. They like to, you know, rea- react to calls and come in. So you kind of got the both directions pulling to Tennessee. It's that nice little common middle ground, I think. Yeah, and, and honestly, though, the, the birds that we were hunting, they, they seemed to have a lot of hens with them. They didn't really... Um, they, you know, they'd give you a courtesy gobble, they would gobble, and then you'd walk, you know, a mile or so to get to them. And then once you got to them, that they, they would answer every 10th call, which I think was in part because the hens hadn't started to nest yet, at least the part of the state that we were in. Um, I, I think next year I'm going to lean towards waiting another week or two to, before I go down. Um, just like Pennsylvania season, I don't take my vacation until the third week because. Right. I hear a lot of people say that the season doesn't come in early enough, and I think it, it could come in later and it'd be better. Yeah, I mean, I I'll be honest. I saw a a tom last year literally breeding with a hen on the last day of the season. Yeah, that was yeah. May. I mean, I mean, they're, the first time I've seen that, but yeah, they're breeding into June if you think about it. I mean, we're not in the woods, obviously hunting them, so we don't really get to see what goes on. But find gobblers still looking for hens, and hens still looking for gobblers in June. Yeah. 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 No, I'm right there with you, man. I want to take it back just a little bit for anybody who hasn't heard episode 30 of the podcast. Kyle, Chuck just ran right past it. You want to introduce yourself a little bit for those who haven't heard episode 30? Come on, man. We've been introducing A&F custom calls like every episode. I know. I know. But, you know, <laughs> they got they got the guy right here, man. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. I, my company uh, in 2019, I started building calls. I think it was back in 2014. Um, I bought a, a little hand jig and, you know, I was doing competitions, but, you know, you, you find a store, you run it, and it's not exactly what you need. There's, you know, anywhere from 10 to $15 down the drain that's not going to really work for you. So I, I, you know, I started building my own calls to find what worked for me. And then after about five years or three years of doing it, I got got semi-good at it, and people started wanting calls. And then, you know, word of mouth, it, it spread. So I was like, well, I better start my company because I'm putting out a lot of calls, and, and I can advertise them. So here we are, 2021. I, I've sold probably anywhere from 200 to 250 so far this year. So we're growing slowly, but here we are. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Yeah. I know we've been running your calls for the past few years. I think Chuck's been running them a little, a little bit longer than me, but... You know, they work freaking awesome, man. I can attest to them all day. Yeah, I tried to, you know, I, and I, I have two different types. I, I have a looser tension, obviously, for someone who, who is, a, is a beginning caller. And then I have a, a tighter tension. That's what I ran when I was doing competitions. And obviously, that's a different style of calling when you're using that call. But if, if you can do it, it sounds a lot better. So yeah, wanted to both to just someone who wants to hunt and then someone who wants to, you know, really sound like a turkey yeah i'm right there with you man it makes sense i mean that, that's kind of going along the lines of uh most call companies you know they'd run the single double and triple reads you know yeah. typically a beginner you think they're running single or double you know trying to get make the noises and everything and get a little more experience get into the better calls man 
Yeah, I think I'm finally there. Finally, <laughs> last couple of years I've been running your your triple reeded uh, little tighter tension competition calls, and man, I love them. They sound so good. But uh, you know, they're getting a little worn, Kyle. So like, you know, I'm gonna need a couple more. <laughs> <laughs> you got me, bud. You got me. <laughs> but anyways, if anyone else wants anything else about Cowboy here, um, you know, Kyle and I have mentioned him before in the podcast. We played college baseball together. That's how we got to know one another. He's a local Northwest PA boy, grew up right here. Now he's living over in Ohio. He figured, you know, he could live in Ohio, still kill all the big bucks on a lot lower of a residence tag and they'd still come over here PA and spend about as much as I do on a on a license as a non-resident. So good yeah. on you, buddy. That was a good call. <laughs> Perfectly. Yeah, that was very smart of you. Very smart. But we got you on tonight because I mean you're our turkey guy in all reality. You're our local turkey guy. I mean you killed what, six birds last year, did you say? Is that right? No. For five in three different states? Four I killed um well, if you're if you're counting fall, I killed uh, a fall bird in, in PA, and then um, two longbeards in Tennessee, a longbeard in Ohio, and then a longbeard in Pennsylvania. All all public land. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, so five birds last year in total. It was pretty impressive, man. So I, I mean, I want to jump into it. You know, I, like you just mentioned, you do a lot of public land hunting. Especially in PA, I know you do a lot of hunting up in the ANF, a lot of big woods hunting. Mm-hmm. I just watched you on a couple of uh, Claycomb Outdoors videos. Yep. You know, <laughs> I finally get it done on, uh, I think, like day 23, 25, something like that, somewhere in yep. there on the videos. So if anybody wants to check those out, Kyle is on there. Just go ahead and scroll past that one where he misses the bird. And then. <laughs> <laughs> that crooked barrel got him again but <laughs> you finally got it done man I, I i just gotta know when you're in them big woods and you're hunting like the hard timber lines and and whatnot what's your go-to how are you getting on birds most of the time um it depends so you know in, in pa i i found it it has its you know where i hunt there's a lot of well roads gas well roads and the turkeys seem to really hang out on those so most of the day I'm spending walking down those walk, you know, 50 yards, make a call, another 50 yards, make a call. And, um, most of the time, since there's not a lot of traffic on those roads, you know, you'll get them to gobble right on the road or, or very close to it, you know, and then you can call them right up to that dirt road and and you can shoot them on that road. I've done that numerous times. Now, flip side, I was down in Tennessee, same sort of terrain as Pennsylvania. Um, but the turkeys behavior was totally different. They weren't on those roads. They wouldn't come up those roads. But, you know, you come into a big oak flat in Tennessee, you better start making calls because there's, they're probably somewhere just down over the hill on, on those hillsides somewhere. So I don't know. I do a lot of running and gunning. Like that's my go to. I can't sit still. I can't sit in one spot unless I've walked, you know, 10 miles and now I'm tired. So I like. Turkey hunting is my favorite because that's, that's, you're interacting with the animal. You're, you're manipulating the animal's behavior based off you making a call. Sure. You can call a a buck in, you know, every now and then with a rattle or a grunt, but you're not doing that every time you go out. Like that's not your goal every time you go out when you deer hunt. You know, you're you're waiting in ambush, which, you know, that gets monotonous to me. and, And I really like the fact with turkey hunting, you can make it happen pretty much 99% of the time it's it's you that's 
that's making it happen. Yeah. Yeah. When you're deer hunting, I mean, uh, just go to how many times you blind grunt and blind rattle and you don't even get a reaction. Nothing shows up. I mean, I would say that happened nine times out of 10, if not more, that you don't get something. Now you're going out and you're turkey calling. There's a lot better opportunity when you're calling to get a reaction out of a turkey than there right. is a deer, you know. And the best yeah. part about turkey, I think, is just the fact that I mean, they let you know where exactly where they're at. They make this loud, boisterous noise, and <laughs> it's beautiful, and they scream at you, hey, here I am, and then it's up to you, like you said. You have to finish it from there. You have to be the one that closes the distance and, and you know, does everything right because, again, they're not supposed to come to you. You're supposed to go to them. Right, and and I think a, a lot of people, you know, with, with calling it a turkey, they think they have to sound, you know, exactly like a turkey. It's it's all about how you call and I, I would say that calling is probably 10% of it. You could, I know people that don't sound very good at all, but are really good woodsmen and they know how to set up, you know, and they're going to set up where that turkey's going to, you know, it's easy for that turkey to come and take a look. So I think your setup is the majority of, of the game with turkey hunting, you know. Um, the turkey that I called in in Tennessee, huge oak flat, wide open. Now, you're not going to get a television hunt, you know, you're not going to see the bird come in two, 300 yards away, strutting, goblin, but sure. set up, he was down over the hill. When he pops up at 25 yards, he's, he's in kill range then. So it's, I think, you know, the setup is, is the major part with, with turkey hunting. Yeah. I'm right there yep. with you. I mean, you don't have the right backdrop and, you know, you just have that little bit of sunlight on you. That's just making you shimmer a little bit or, you know, staying in those shadows and getting up against a tree and picking the right setups, a big deal. I mean, Think about how many times you hear turkey. I mean, you said it's probably 10% of the time that calling is actually what gets it done for you. You know, I can think of a couple of instances where I heard a hen going off and I was like, oh man, that's another hunter. It's it, yep. it's terrible. You know, he's not shutting up. It's horrible. It doesn't sound right. And the next thing you know, you see a group of hens come in and they don't shut up at all. They just, burp, 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 you know, the whole time. So I do agree. And I think that setup is a very large majority over it over calling. Yeah. And, and I was, you know, if you watch, if someone was to video me every time I went hunting, you'd be like, man, he calls way too much. He, he's, you know, he's, he needs to shut up when they get close. But for me in my setups, I call because I need to know where that bird's going to pop up. So yeah. when that bird guards, I still am not going to be able to see it. So I call because he still can't see me and I want to have my gun positioned right where he's going to be, you know, popping into my, my shooting lane. So. Yeah. I've had it hurt me, but, you know, I like hearing them gobble. I, I like the interaction. So, I'll you know, I'll screw up, you know, eight times out of ten. But the two times that it does happen, you know, I enjoyed it. Oh, yeah. It's a blast. You're getting chills the whole time, just firing all. Ooh, I love that, man. <laughs> yep. Yeah, turkey hunting's all about, like, the experience in it, you know. It's so different from deer hunting or anything else that I do because it's all about getting that experience, getting them to answer, talking to them, interacting with them back and forth. And then overall winning a battle with an animal that has a pea brain, you know, <laughs> which is not always easy to do for some reason. Yep. You know, <laughs> it's totally different. And to do it, I've had a, a lot of out of state hunts recently and it's a lot of fun. Like you can attest to Kyle. It's a lot different, even, you know, the different areas you go, it's a little different tactic sometimes to get it done. Yeah, absolutely. And, and most of the time I'm checking out, well, as of recent, I'm checking out some ground that I've never hunted before. So that's a thing in and of itself, you know, you're, you're trying to figure out 
the birds that you know behavior their their patterns in a in a piece of ground that you've never or a piece of the part of the country that you've never even hunted in so right. i think another fun thing about turkey hunting is to find uh find a piece of ground that no one else is hunting i think is a good way to put it yeah and then get it done in two to three days <laughs> you yeah. know that's even even the harder part is doing it that way yeah we and, and honestly down in tennessee I did call one in for my dad that it came into 55 yards, but he didn't have the greatest shot and he was only using uh, three inch mags. So we could have very well had three birds in those four days that we were down there, but we'll get them next year. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. You know, I've killed some, quite a few birds with the three inch, but you know, something about that three and a half, it beats you up so much more, but you know, just that extra amount of BBs, man, that extra, um, just, it gets it done, man. Absolutely. And I'm not a big, I don't spend a lot on my shells. I just use the Remington Premier Magnum number fours. So. Oh, yeah. I come to be within 50 yards before I shoot. 50 is even pushing it for me. So, yeah. 50's out there, man. And you're, you're talking about just aiming at a neck and a head at 50 yards. That's, that's out there, you know, and, and my gun doesn't even take three and a half. So I'm shooting three inch five shots, you know, and, uh, I did. I mean, I shot two birds last year. One was at like 52 yards and one was at 45. You know, I dropped them both dead as hell. But I, I patterned my gun out to 45 yards. You know, I knew where it was going to hit. I yeah. knew where to aim and, and I felt confident with it. But that's still, you know, it, it's not like the it was a last ditch kind of effort on that that long shot I took. I mean, the bird was kind of putting away and he stopped and gave me that dead clear head completely up opportunity. And I took it. You know, but otherwise, uh, I wouldn't suggest anybody taking that kind of shot. I know guys like crazy now with some of the TSS and stuff. They're shooting 60, 70 yards. I'm like, why? Why? <laughs> you know, that's that's part of part of turkey hunting, too, is getting them in close. That's for you know? me. That's, yeah. that's for me. I like to I like to have them in close. And I don't really hunt fields like I, you know, since I was a kid and we had permission to hunt, you know, up where, where I grew up, you know, those are some field birds in, in that. but. Since then, I haven't hunted, you know, field birds where I'm going to get a, sh a clear shot like that. So most of the time, you know, there's there's little saplings and stuff in the way that you can't see that are 40 yards away. And I'm colorblind, so that doesn't help things. So, you know, when when they're 40 plus, I'm, I get a little nervous to, to shoot. Yeah. Speaking of field birds, I do, I do have permission to hunt a, a property over here in Ohio. It's private ground. And I think the only way for me to really hunt it is in a field. So that's going to feel really weird. <laughs> <laughs> almost like cheating yeah well i mean you know, they've probably heard a hundred times here now on the podcast but we're leaving thursday for oklahoma it's pretty much all fields for what i understand <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> we don't have a choice yeah he's you know? said out there yeah i can't wait man it's going to be exciting but uh i got some got some guys locally doing some work for us getting boots on the ground trying to find some birds so it should be fun how many how many birds can you kill out there you can kill three in Oklahoma, but you're only allowed one per county, so you have to switch it up per county in there. It's actually really cheap too, to be honest. But 16 hour drive, so yeah, I would fly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with as much stuff as we're packing in, I I just couldn't even imagine trying to get that all into where I could fly. You know, it's, uh, we're just gonna rent a minivan and <laughs> power everything in and, and give it hell. It's gonna be a blast. I can't wait. Yeah, that'll be fun. I can't wait, man. So, all right. So you kind of gave us your PA tactics, but, um, you know, you just recently got a bird in Tennessee, as we mentioned. I want to know what your tactics were out there. What did you, how'd you get it done, man? I guess I sort of touched on it a little bit, but 
I, I actually ran into some locals down there. Those were the only hunters that I saw. And they were like, where did you come from? And I was like, you know, I, I'm just walking down these, this road here and I'm, I'm making calls. And, uh, there's like, what? they're like, well, there's, there's no birds in here. No one, no one, no one's going to be hunting in here because, you know, no one really likes to walk. None of the locals like to walk. He said, they just drive down the road and make calls. I'm like thinking to myself, I, I've heard about eight birds in here since I've been in here for the last two days. And so they were like, yeah, they ain't in here like they used to be. Well, I wasn't going to, I wasn't about to tell them that I was hearing all these birds. <laughs> they did hear shoot and miss though. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think that the, the tactic down there was um, don't give up on a spot just because you didn't hear one on the roost because my dad and I were hunting together and we went into a spot where we knew there was a gobbler because I had heard it and we had heard it the day before and there was no way for it to escape the, the, the ridge that it was on because it wasn't going to fly out across there for no reason and it's not going to walk down and through the hollow because it's all mountain. So we knew it was up there. And it was a crystal clear morning and my dad and I walk a mile and a half back in and we're standing there and we, my dad's pissed because we walked all the way back in there and it's not goblin and he's, you know, mad. I said, well, let's walk up the hill here so we could hear the backside, you know, and, and the way those ridges up there in, in Tennessee, they, they have like little fingers that extend off the big ridge and then they'll have like a little bull, you know, yep. and if there's roosted in that bowl, you're not going to hear him from the majority of that major ridge that you're on. So you, you need to call, you know, at each little bowl that there is because he may not hear you. You may not hear him. And that's what we ran into there. The bird I missed, I was trying to, you know, pinpoint two other birds that I was hearing off the roost that were on other ridges. And I'm walking down the road and I make a call and this bird gobbles 60 yards from me. Well, here he was on the same ridge, but I never heard him. Just because where he was roosted, you know, down on the side of the hill, he 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 was there the whole time, and I didn't even know it. Huh. So I think that was a a, a big thing down there. Uh, obviously, different public lands going to get different pressure. We we did hunt one day at the um, the public land we hunted last year, my buddy Colton and I, and there was literally a truck at every park, every pull off that you could park at. My dad and I were like. We're not hunting here because you can't even hunt. Like you're just going to go sit in a spot and that's your, your hunt for the day. That's no fun. That's not hunting to me. Yeah. Right. So we, we drove an hour and a half back to where we were hunting before and we got there at like, you know, 1130, 12 o'clock. We got on birds immediately and it was just the whole, the whole experience of being able to just go hunt, you know, just walk, just, just go rather than, you know, we talked well, like we talked about just sitting in one spot. We, I can't do that. That's that's not for me, and that's never been for me, and it never will be for me. Yeah, probably the perfect reason why you own a turkey dog at the same time, huh? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, it, it plays right into how you like to do it. I mean, that's there's nothing better, and he's doing, or Floyd's doing a lot of the work for you. So, <laughs> Floyd, not Floyd. <laughs> I said, oh, I thought I said. I'm sorry. I I may have had a, a few at. Uh, at Los Amigos, bud. <laughs> That's all right. Everyone calls him. No, Lloyd. Lloyd I, Lloyd's, you know what? Lloyd's a heck of a singer, too, by the way. I don't know if I ever complimented. He's actually, sometimes he gets a little annoying because there's certain songs I can't listen to because he'll just start howling. And, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> That's, and I go, That's great. That is absolutely great. I'll be in the basement listening to a song, and he'll come running from the bedroom on the opposite side of the house, run downstairs and start howling. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> hey, so, all right, well, let's hear the story then. I want to hear about the bird that you did kill. I want to hear the full story on it, man. So, you know, how I was saying the um, there was two birds I was trying to figure out where they were. Well, that bird that I missed, you know, it gobbled right here, so obviously I hunted that. But I figured out where the other two birds were. And my dad and I went in and hunted the first bird, and it, you know, it gave us three quick gobbles, and then we set up, and every tenth call, it'd, it'd gobble, and then it started raining, and so we were like, well, let's get out of here, go get some lunch. So we went to, uh, we found a Pizza Hut, got some Pizza Hut, and then uh, came back, and I told him, I was like, you know, I figured out where that other bird is. It's back, this trail that goes back, and it's three miles. I, I got to walk back to get to this bird. I I asked my dad, I said, do you want to go back there and shoot that turkey? And he goes, no, nah, you can have that one. I said, okay, I'll go kill it. So he drops me off and I walk back and he was going to go mess with some, some other birds he had been hearing. So I walked back through there and uh, I, I saw a hen. I don't know if it was just sleeping in the woods or if there was a nest there that didn't have any eggs, but I got like 30 yards from her and then she finally got up and ran. So I was like, well, that's a good sign because, you know, if there's hen in here that's alone, that gobbler might be alone. Yeah. So I continue to walk out the ridge and uh, I was I was following this hog trail through sort of, you know, semi thick woods. It wasn't like it wasn't really turkey habitat. You know, it wasn't like, you know, you're going to find a gobbler strutting in there or anything. But then all of a sudden it opens up into this huge oak flat. And so I was like, well, before I walk through this, I'm going to make a few calls. So I made a call. Didn't hear anything. Made another call, and I was like, man, I thought I heard one. So I'm standing there, and I make another call. And, I, you know, you can tell now that this bird has either faced me or it's now closing the distance. So I had I take my vest off, and I, I pull my jacket out because I took my jacket off. I was sweating so bad, and I had a faded camo shirt on I didn't really want to be sitting there with. So put my jacket on get set up, make a call, and the bird is on its way. Like, I can tell now that it's, you know, it's coming. So I, I call again, and every call I made, it's gobbling coming in. And this bird, I call, and it's like 50 yards, but it's down over the crest of the hill. So I'm like, all right, it's coming straight at me. Like, I don't even have to move my gun. And all of a sudden, here it is, pops into strut as it crests the hill, and then, you know, it gives you the old, you know, it's peeking <laughs> at you. All right, I don't see a hen here. There should be a hen. Well, by then, it was too late, and I shot, and after I shot, you know, I got to chase it down the hill because now it's rolling down a mountain. I, I caught it. <laughs> the walk is even worse because I, I figured I would save some time, you know. Instead of walking three miles back, I was just kind of cut down through the through the hollow. That was a big mistake because I looked like cliffhanger because I was going up these big rock faces and it was just a, it was a bad decision. I, that's how I know the turkeys aren't going to walk down those hollows and up the other side. <laughs> Oh man, especially with a turkey on your back, that that probably wasn't too um, so bad. The spurs were catching on every piece of mountain laurel, every jagger bush, everything. It was it was rotten. <laughs> oh man, that's awesome. That was that was my turkey. That was yeah. Well, hey, you, you you know the pressure's off now. You got your bird already for the year. Now you can hunt Ohio, PA, and. Uh, get it done man so what are you are uh, you looking to hunt the opener in ohio yeah i'm gonna probably go down south hunt some public land on on the opening day and then i'll save this spot that's by my house because uh, you know it's just a mile and a half down the road i could go there before work so what day go. uh what day does ohio open kyle this is the first year it opens on a saturday 
It's okay. not this Saturday, but the following. Um, I think it's the same as Pennsylvania's youth season. That's what I was going to say. I think that's our youth season, yeah. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, that's yeah. Cool. it's the 24th because West Virginia comes in on the 19th, and typically West Virginia and Ohio were kind of close to the same day. I think they usually came in either on the same day or, or, or really close to, and um, this year they're different. Yeah, I, I wish Ohio still came in on a Monday because I would, you know, sneak down there before work and get a couple. Yep. I probably wouldn't have as much hunting pressure. Yeah, yeah, you'll probably see some pressure. I'm not sure where you're going. If you want to, we could take that offline, and uh, I can see where you're going and maybe suggest a place or two if you want. This, There's I, some I, fun places, man. I, I actually was uh, shown around by a local, and it's not really advertised where that it's public. It's it's sort of it's sort of low key. It's public, but it's like it's not like a, yeah, yeah, not ever. There's not there's not a signs. There's not one of wink wink faces. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure the audience know it's there, but <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh man. <laughs> that's cool, man. That's that's awesome. I'm I'm glad you got the bird done. Uh, congratulations on that one. And uh, you know, I'm looking forward to your season coming up. Yeah, me too. Sure. I'm always excited for spring gobbler. I, th- I think I drove my parents nuts when I was little because I used to have them drop me off. I couldn't. I didn't have a cell phone. I didn't have a car. I'd say, you know, drop me off at such and such as property. I'm going to go walk back in there. And <laughs> we had, but I I would just go listen for turkeys. And I would even call to them before the season. But I was I was calling to them, and they would come in. I wasn't spooking them, but they they would come in, and I'd watch gobblers fight in front of me. And it was I learned a lot just from from doing that. Yeah, that was an experience. No, that's yeah. awesome, man. Do you have any plans to uh, do any hunts with like Chad Clayton this year or anything like that, or anything in the works? Yeah, we I t- I, I got a hold of him. We're gonna we're gonna try to um, do another hunt when I when I take my vacation that third week. I, I told him to come up and this this year I'll make sure that uh, he's on the bird when I actually shoot. There you we go. had some communication last year, so I got to redeem myself this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I found it funny that you mentioned like about the third week. That that's when you usually take your time off. Um, I mean, I, I mean, I know why, but for a few reasons, I think it's a, a pretty big benefit too. Is obviously you can hunt all day. Um, that third week, there's a lot less pressure up there. I think personally as well. And then you know, as you mentioned earlier, like the birds, the hens are actually going to to nest for the most part, um, and the gobblers are separating. And those those evenings and those middays can be absolutely fire up there man that third week and you missed there's one more reason and it's because the foliage getting okay. on birds and you nailed every other reason why but that one that's the, that's a can, great point and uh you know that that actually hurt us last year because if you remember last year how late that it didn't get green for al- almost until like the last couple of days of the season it was so right. wide open um that we had birds same thing you know you get in those big hillsides and that wide open timber up there and you can't move in on birds. I mean, you yeah. you strike one and you can't move across the hillside. It's wide open. And That's that how hurt last year. Tennessee was the same way. I thought, you know, going down to Tennessee, going down south in April, you know, you're going to have some undercover, under underbrush. And uh, there was none. It was, you know, we, we, you'd strike a bird that's up on a ridge. Now you can't, you can't even walk at it if it's up on the, on the top because right. it's 300 yards. Yeah. So that, it's going to pick you off. Because most of the time, if you get a bird that's hand up, you know, if you get in within a hundred yards or within seventy-five yards, and you make some calls, 
you can normally, you know, it's going to come in and take a peek. But if you're, if you're 200, 300 yards away, that bird isn't coming. Those hens aren't coming. You know, it's okay. just going to, it's there and it's going to go follow those hens and, and do its thing. Yeah. I agree. I never thought about that, but since you said it, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. Well, although I, I will say, I mean, I was out this morning, I went out and I was listening for some birds and other than the fog, that was the only thing I think that killed me. I never heard anything. I, I realized, you know, we're way ahead this year in PA green wise than we were last year and the year before. I mean, but again, last year it snowed in the opener, the, you know, snowed in, in the second week or whatever, the first weekend. Uh, so I, I mean, that's going to play a part. I think locally here, if you remember Kyle, I mean, it's tough when it gets really green, some of this local property, but up north, like you said, it's kind of the opposite. It's more to a benefit. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I guess the only hindrance you have is, is hearing them, you know, hearing. Them. But if, if you know where the birds are, if you, if you, if you have some intel or if you've scouted and, and you know, you kind of have an idea where the bird's going to be roosted, where it's going to hang out, that doesn't really matter as much. And, and I would rather take, you know, being able to, to position myself, get a good setup, use that cover to my advantage rather than, uh, you know, it'd be a hindrance to, to being able to hear. Yeah, sure. Makes sense. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you, Chuck. I mean, you got to think, though, last year it stayed cold. Like you said, it was it was snowing open. And, and, you know, this year it's, what, it's been 80 pretty much all last week and in the 70s. And, you know, even when the snow was starting to fly, the maples were starting to bloom and everything was getting ready all of a sudden. And, you know, it, we we might have to play with it a little bit this year and see what happens. Yeah, it, it's going to be, I mean, a huge difference. Like I said, locally, it's really going to affect us. A lot of my properties locally, they're, you know, they're maybe like small fields or they're areas of woods that once they thicken up and they get really green, those birds kind of move out. So I kind of have to hunt them early here locally because the grass either grows too high in some of the fields because they're uncut fields that later in the season they're typically more in the plowed fields and they're out of the real high grass stuff where uh you know last year i was into like week three or four hadn't even seen week three hadn't even seen a mosquito yet you know this year we're gonna get crushed mosquitoes ticks it's gonna be insane man ticks are terrible this year already man yeah the ticks were bad in tennessee so i can only imagine what they're gonna be like up here (sighs) yeah yeah kyle do you think those big woods though you think some of that that uh like tennessee and and even up north you think it's just because like the deer populations are so high and they don't have a lot of the ag and stuff that they browse a lot of that little stuff off and that's why we don't see a lot of green early like the normal stuff we see around here you think that plays any effect because i was just thinking mature timber you don't see a lot of that undergrowth as much in that mature timber because a lot of deer like i remember as a kid it was especially true in like clear creek and stuff they mm-hmm. eat a lot of that stuff, you know. It really opens the woods up. Well, down in Tennessee, I would I wouldn't even go to I wouldn't even go deer hunting down there. My dad and I didn't see any any deer crap. We didn't hardly see any deer tracks. I think I saw two rubs and three hmm. scrapes. And I walked six miles the first day, six miles the second day, fourteen point seven miles Saturday, and then five miles on Sunday. And <laughs> Now, if you go up to the big woods in, in the A and F, you're going to see, you know, obviously you've been up there, you know, you're going to see a lot more, just two or three. Tons. So, <laughs> yeah. so I don't, I don't think that has as much to do with it, just by seeing that. Yeah, just a thought I had. 
it was kind of a random thought, but I, I remember clearly and like distinct as day when we were kids and I'd go like Clear Creek for rifle season. And, and I, I kid you on anything that a deer could reach up to on its hind legs had been completely browsed. I mean, everything was gone. They'll definitely do that, but I don't, I'm, I don't think it matters as much for like, you know, you get the monofloral rows, you're going to get mm-hmm. the ferns, everything coming up. I, yeah. I don't know. May apples and stuff. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Interesting thought. So what's in the docket? Just Ohio and PA then for you, Kyle, to finish out the year or what, man? You, you're afraid to go to West Virginia with me, aren't you? Yeah. Well, yeah. Let's just say, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know what I'm trying to do that. Yeah, I hear you. you. We should we should take it. We need to go. Since you're already out there in Ohio, we need to just go across and go hunt Indiana, man. I hear there's a lot of birds in Indiana. I heard there's a lot of birds over there, and I you know I don't I don't know what the the terrain would be like. I don't know if it gets more mountainous towards the no the, no. no 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 nothing like what we see. Not yeah. Indiana. Yeah, it's it, at best rolling hills. Very little topography play in Indiana. Um, you know, it'd be more of kind of like your middle Ohio type deal where you get some of the creek bottoms and stuff. But Indiana is not anywhere near t- terrain like bad like we see around here figured it would be since they have a good turkey population like where where i live you know there's i mean there's some turkeys but like you you'd think driving down these roads you'd see out in these fields you'd see you know strutters every everywhere but no that's not the case there's there's hardly any any turkeys in in the county i'm in yeah yeah well you're strongly opinionated then as we all know right so what do you think what do you think is the ultimate reason behind the ultimate decline in turkey populations because it's pretty much nationwide. Turkey populations are down everywhere. What do you think it is, man? I know, I know what I believe, but I want to hear what you're seeing personally as well. Well, that's hard to say. I mean, I, I I've heard someone say something about the West Nile virus is having an effect. I know in in PA, you know, introduction of fishers up in the Allegheny National Forest it didn't help things. Coyote populations increasing. I found a dead longbeard last year that was killed by either a bobcat or a, a coyote, one of the two. I think that, you know, the fur price is going down. Raccoons, you know, they're, they're. That's my number one. You have a, a huge population of raccoons now. There's, there's more than one factor, but that, that's, you know, major contributing factors in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And I'll tell you what, we actually, uh, we got on some birds last year on this ridge and we went back. We couldn't find a bird one. I mean, there were birds everywhere the weekend before we went back a week later. And sure enough, as we were walking through, we saw a fisher run through the area. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, well, that makes a ton of sense why there's no turkey here now because man, they are just, uh, they are probably when it, when it, when it gets past like the nesting phase, I would say they're the most dangerous uh, predator to turkey because they can climb trees. They can right. get them out of roost. You know, there there is no limits. You know, turkey flies up in a tree, a coyote's not going to kill it, right? right? Rarely is a bobcat going to climb up a tree and probably go after a turkey too. But those fishers, man, they are vicious, vicious killers. But what I think is number one, and I think you you touched on it, is that nobody traps anymore. Nobody traps. The, the price of fur is so low. Um, yep. There are a billion raccoons and possums and skunks and all these different animals that eat and just destroy nests and we're not getting 
we're not getting hatches. Like, I mean, we're pretty much at, I just listened to a biologist the other day down south, they're like 15 to 20% successful hatch. And they consider successful hatches if one egg hatches, you know, and, and just imagine that. But like raccoons, they get into a nest, they'll eat every single egg. Oh, yeah. Feel every single egg, you know, and it's it's crazy. I I know I, it's got me thinking. You know, if I if I'm gonna lease or put any money into a property that I want to hunt turkey on, first thing I'm gonna do is start running a trap line through there and and just getting rid of all the the um, coyote and and raccoons and you know I think that's the biggest thing personally. Now I don't know if this has as much to do with it, but I'm sure it's a contributing factor as well. People in, in archery season who aren't specifically turkey hunting especially in, in the big woods where you have a concurrent bear archery, deer archery, and then you have a turkey season. You know, you have a, a deer hunter who's, you know, now he can shoot anything that walks past him, basically, because he has a free fall turkey tag with his license. Right. Like if you, if you if you made people pay for, you know, a fall turkey tag, rather than eliminate the season, because there's still people who enjoy the turkey hunt, like me, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not bear hunting, I'm going out fall turkey hunting. That's what I'm going to do. So I do think it seems like Pennsylvania is leaning towards eventually eliminating the fall season, which will totally suck because I have a turkey dog and, you know, that's the only time I can use them. Absolutely. So I would like maybe a change there, move the season up earlier into October in Pennsylvania, because then you have turkey hunters out of the woods during the rut when archery hunters are, you know, focused on. Now, this is only applying really to, to public land, you know, private land. You're not going to have this this issue, but public land, you know, I, I'm running my dog and there's guys archery hunting who don't know what a turkey dog is. And when they see a dog running through the woods, I kind of get nervous. Someone's going to shoot my dog. Yeah, rightfully so. Yeah. So I, yeah, I, I hear you. That, that sort of got a little off, <laughs> spun off a little bit from what you were getting at. But yeah, no. I think I think that, um, you know, you have you'll have who aren't actually turkey hunting, killing turkeys, which, you know, I mean, obviously they, they have a right to, they, they bought a license, they can do that, but, and that's the set up. It's within the law. It's fine. I agree with you though. I think they should make it a separate license to where you have to purchase that fall turkey tag. And I'll guarantee you a lot of people won't do it. Right. Um, you know, because they're not hunting turkey, but like you said, they're hunting deer, but if a turkey walks by, they're going to shoot at it or shoot it, you know, and you can shoot a hen right. or a gobbler. At the same sense, all you have to see is a turkey. That's it. Yeah. yeah. And with the populations declining, yeah, instead of taking away the season, maybe you just regulate a little more on making people purchase that license and put that license into some, you know, habitat control or trapping, um, you know, to try to help the population back up, you know, put yeah. some money towards that. Try to just like they did with the uh, pheasant stamp that they started charging with the pheasant. Do the same thing for fall turkey. Yep, I I totally agree, and that's sort of so. This year with my company, each call I sell, I'm going to donate one dollar to the Allegheny National Forest. And I I talked with um uh, a couple rangers up there, and you know, depending on how many I sell, they said we can we can do one of two things. We can either ten dollars goes towards you know ten trees or twenty trees. I can't remember what he said. So if I donate ten dollars, that's twenty trees that gets planted, or we could put the money towards a specific project. Now, I'd like to see, you know, maybe we can do something for turkey habitat somewhere in the national forest. I don't, I don't know, and it's all going to depend on how much money I raise for that. So, yeah. to, to do that, you know, that's the, the premise of my company, Allen and Friends Custom Calls. The the um, acronym is ANF, 
Allegheny National Forest. So I don't know something something to contribute to to Mother Nature and to yeah, yeah, that's awesome that you're doing that. And you know, would, could they do anything with you know controlled burns or anything too to try to help it out? Yeah, I was going to bring that up with them. You know, I, I don't know why they don't in that area because of wildfire. They're nervous of that or something. I, I'm not sure. But I, yeah, I'd like to, to see something like that just because in Tennessee, the, the turkey population on the one area that we we didn't end up hunting much because, of, you know, the pressure. But there's certainly a lot of birds there from, you know, I think the control burns really do help. Yeah. Yeah. That could be a lack of resources up there. You know, you never know. There's so many factors that could go into that. There's yeah. number one, there's too much, there's too much tinder on the ground, man. Once one of those starts going, you know, and the wind shifts, you, you're going to have a hard time putting that bad boy out. But, you know, you've been talking about your company a little bit. Let's get into it. Let's, what, what kind of calls do you offer? You know, go in, let's go through each one of them. And then, uh, you know, like you said, you're, you're donating to Allegheny National Forest. Let's get some of these calls out there, man. Yeah. Um, so they, I do. You know, I'll make whatever you want. If, if someone, they're custom calls. So if someone has, you know, I, Chuck, I know that I, I make all my calls three reads, but Chuck likes two reads. So I'll send Chuck some, some two read calls. It's, it's whatever someone wants me to make. Or, uh, what I offer are, um, a split V in both my hunter series, which is the, the looser tension or the competition series, which is the tighter tension, a bat wing in both. And that's, you know, you, you have a split V and then you just cut the two flaps on the side away. That gives you your, your bat wing. Or you, I do the um, combo cut, which is half of a bat wing and half of a split V. And I do those in, in both as well. So six calls you have to choose from. Or if, if you, um, you know, I can make a ghost cut. It, make, it takes a little more time for me to make those. But um, still the same price. I, I charge $7 plus um, tax and shipping. Yeah, that's 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 the premise of uh, ANF custom calls. And yeah, unless I'm, you use the code WDP, then you get free shipping. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. and I'm a big fan of the combo cut, man. I ran that the last two years. I have a split V, but that combo cut is it's money, man. That yeah. seems to bat and the bat wing are the you know crowd favorites. I I personally run the bat wing. I, I feel like I can I can get a lot of different sounds out of that. I can get the front end. You know, turkey get you get two two notes with a hen yelp. You get the front end and then the back end with the rasp, and I can get a really high pitch front end note, which I I like. And and I always have this sound of this one hen in my head whenever I call, and I always try to hear or call like her, and that's that's what I'm I'm going for. You know, everyone has you know a different hen that here and there. That's what they're trying to sound like. Yeah. So and that's what <laughs> competitions, and that's sort of why I got out of them. I felt like the judges were so. So much like that, they were only hearing for one hen rather than, at least in the competitions I called in, it seemed like they they didn't really care to hear anything other than what they had in mind. Yeah. Which, yeah, yeah what they thought yeah. sound like. It's all subjective. Yeah. Oh, extreme, extremely. That would be tough. I would never want to judge one of those. I'd be giving everyone tens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and another thing about these calls, man, I can attest to. I got two right here, both of these. This is going to be the third year, and I ran the hell out of these the last two years, and they're both still sounding great. Yeah, my dad's using ones I think I made for him like three or four years ago. So as long as you take care of them, they're going to last. Oh, yeah. yeah. I remember I was showing a video to the group the other, the, what was that, last year, Kyle? 
you're like, holy hell, Chuck, where did you get that call from? Throw that thing away. It was like six or seven years old. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, no I was way, like dude. That's, yeah, I was like, that's my purring cluck call. <laughs> dude, I do have one of those. Like, I'm just like you. I have a call that I keep in if a bird's hanging up and I want to do some cluck and purrs. It's basically just a worn out batwing call that is yep. super, and I can get a really nice cluck and purr. Bubble cluck, I don't know if you've ever heard that term. Oh, yeah. Shane yeah. Simpson, man. <laughs> yep. I currently have one of each right now, but I believe they're all triple reeds. I got rid of some of the older ones I did, um, some of the ancient ones, but I've been running the, the, the triple reeds and both competition and the hunter series that you run, and I typically give the two reeds away to guys that don't call very often, like my brother Joe. He's pretty oh. bad. Oh, yeah, I wasn't sure if you if you used them or not. No, I don't anymore. I did for a long time though. That's what I ran until almost. I bet you last year's the first year I really got into that triple read. I felt confident enough to run it. The bat wing, I love it, dude. I love cutting on the bat wing. You know, I can. I feel like I can cut really well on the bat wing where I don't get the same noise when I cut on on the combo or the the split V. Although the combo is probably still my favorite. But I'll tell you what, I killed, I think I killed a bird on all three last year. <laughs> you know, maybe not me personally, but yeah. me killing yeah. one and then other guys I was with, we killed birds on all three. So yep. it's just I don't all know if I have a favorite. I mean, you can get a split. One person could run a, a combo cut and the other person can't. And, and the other person might be able to run a split feed that the other person can't. It's, it's really how your, your mouth is, is, you know, shaped and how big it is and where, which side of the mouth you call out of and, do you huff on the call or do you blow on the call? Sure, absolutely. You need to you need to get a you need to get like a YouTube channel going where you start doing some tips and tactics, man, or at least start maybe posting some of them to your Instagram page. Yeah, I know. I I I, I always feel like I'm like, yep, I'm gonna I'm gonna add videos. I'm gonna put stuff on my story and and stuff, and then I never do. But I I really do need to uh, get like sound bites up for each call of me running just to give people an idea of, of what they sound like. And heck yeah. And, just do it when you're do it when you're walking out of the woods, man. Days over, you're walking out. Just pull your phone out and record one while you're walking. It'll be perfect. I'm telling you. I was gonna do that with the bird I killed in Tennessee, and once I got up the hill out of the mountain laurel, and you know, climbing those rocks, I reached in my pocket and I lost the call. It was sweet too, man. <laughs> I love it right before I went down because I'll, I'll I'll usually make a handful of calls and then there'll be one I'll be like, oh yeah, I'm keeping that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's we're in the hills of Tennessee. So. Yeah. Well, <laughs> if you find, if anyone finds, if any of your listeners find it, tell them to keep it. It'll be worth money someday. <laughs> <laughs> Just know that they killed a bird that day. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm, I'm. I'm glad it at least killed a bird. <laughs> yeah, it's a sweet swing, sweet singing little lady. It is. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Well. We've probably kept you long enough, buddy. I know we're running a little over your time frame, all because I had to have the uh, chimichanga cheesecake at Los Amigos tonight. <laughs> what? If you haven't had it, and you're ever in Newcastle, and you come to Los Amigos, I'll tell you right now, you got to get the chimichanga cheesecake, guys. Okay? It's phenomenal. Phenomenal. Well, I'll, 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 I'll get a hold of you, and I'll let you buy me. Hey, I will absolutely do that. <laughs> you can hold me to it, Kyle. <laughs> All right, Kyle, before we let you go, brother, why don't you shout out and let everybody know where they can find you. Facebook, Instagram, all those fun places. We're at Allen and Friends Custom Calls on Instagram and Facebook. Beautiful. Yep. Well, thanks yeah, for coming on, man. We appreciate you. 
taking time out of your night and doing this for us. Oh, no problem. Thanks for having me, guys. And uh, hopefully at the end of turkey season, I know we talked about it last time I was on, but we do need to do like a, a season recap, you know? Yeah, totally, man. Okay. I'll write you in. You got it, man. All right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate thanks, it, brother. Thanks, Appreciate it, buddy. Good yep. luck the rest of the season, man. Thanks. You guys, too.